Welcome to Ashes with Ash, a storytelling podcast from your tobacconist community, bringing you stories of life behind the cigar. Join me on this adventure to find the coolest cigar lounges, smoke some lovely cigars, and seek out the most incredible stories from our cigar lounge friends, owners, and customers. Let's tap into these untold stories with a little smoke and ash. <laughs> Episode 15. Happy Halloween, everybody. So here on the Ashes with Ash podcast, we like to treat all of our guests exactly like cigar lounge members who sometimes like to remain anonymous. So today, our guest is here to anonymously tell us a ghost story from a time when he was in the army. He will go by the Lizard King. And if you don't know that reference from the office, then I don't know what you're doing with your life, and we are not the same. But it's okay. I have more for you, too. Before we get into his story, let's go through the super duper weird and all over the place history of Halloween. I hope you all enjoy. Halloween is a holiday celebrated each year on October 31st. The tradition originated with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. In the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints. Soon, All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of the Samhain. The evening before was known as All Hallows' Eve, and later, Halloween. Over time, Halloween evolved into a day of activities like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, festive gatherings, donning costumes, and eating treats. But let's dig a little more into the weirdness that brought upon Halloween. All right, I found I found a lot of Halloween history for you guys, but uh, I gotta start with this one. Uh, ladies out there, <laughs> you're gonna wanna listen to this one. If you're looking for your future husband, Halloween is apparently the time to do it. So, Halloween traditions and belief that today's trick-or-treaters have forgotten all about. Halloween matchmaking and lesser-known rituals. Many of these obsolete rituals focused on future instead of the past and the living instead of the dead. In particular, many had to do with helping young women identify their future husbands and reassuring them that they would someday, with luck, by next Halloween, be married. <laughs> Gross. In 18th century Ireland, a matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the diner who found it. Get your mashed potatoes out, ladies. <laughs> mashed potatoes, so specific. This is on history.com, by the way. In Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fire. Yeah, toss the nuts into the fire, ladies. 
the nut that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding, the story went, represented the girl's future husband. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Another tale had it that if a young woman ate a sugary concoction made out of walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before bed, on Halloween night, she would dream of her future husband. Oh my gosh. Young women tossed apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. They tried to learn their futures by peering at egg yolks and floating in a bowl of water, and stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husband's faces. That is terrifying. <laughs> Other rituals were more competitive. At some Halloween parties, the first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. At others, the first successful apple bobber would be the first down the aisle. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but uh, ladies, I think tonight... You're going to find out who your husband is. Get those mashed potatoes out. Get those walnuts out. Oh, my God. What was the other thing? Apple peels. Get your apple peels. <laughs> Go hold a candle and stand in the bathroom in the dark and look over your shoulder for a creepy face behind you. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> You've got this. Happy Halloween. Bobbing for apples. Do you know where this tradition came from? Okay, by 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. In the course of the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the traditional Celtic celebration of Samhain. The first was Feralia. I don't know. I'm not saying that right. I'm pretty sure. It's a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second day was to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple, and the incorporation of this celebration into Samhain probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that's practiced on Halloween today. Interesting. 609 AD. Pope Boniface. <laughs> Pope Boniface. This is real. I'm just reading this. I, this is the first time I'm reading it, too. I'm just reading it from history.com for you. You're welcome. Pope Boniface <laughs> dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs and the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day, which was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory III later explained Expanded the festival to include all saints as well as martyrs and moved the observance from May 13th to November 1st. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread to the Celtic lands, where it gradually blended with and supplanted older Celtic rites. The church made. Okay, no. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread to the Celtic lands. The church made November 2nd All Souls Day 
a day to honor the dead. It's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to Sowen, with big bonfires, parades, dressing up in costumes as saints, angels, and devils. The All Saints Day celebration was called All Hallows, or All Hallowmas. In the night before it, the traditional night of Sowen in the Celtic region began to be called All Hallows Eve, and eventually Halloween. Halloween comes to America. As the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events held to celebrate harvest, and neighbors would share stories of the dead and tell each other fortunes and dance and sing. Colonial Halloween festivals also featured the telling of ghost stories and mischief-making of all kinds. By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivities were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country. In the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants. These new immigrants, especially the millions of Irish fleeing the Irish potato famine, helped to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. So the history of trick-or-treating. Borrowing from European traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money a practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treat tradition. Young women believed that on Halloween, they could divine the name or appearance of their future husbands by doing tricks with yarn, apple parings, or mirrors. What? First of all, asking for food or money, why don't we still do that? I'm going to do that. I'm doing it. Be prepared. I'm coming to your door. Have the money ready. It's happening tonight. In the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghosts, pranks, and witchcraft. Boring! At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. Parties focused on games, food, and season, festive costumes. How lame. Parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take anything frightening or grotesque out of Halloween celebrations. Because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. What a bunch of nerds. All right, Halloween parties. By the 1920s and 1930s, Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as a featured entertainment. Damn, they did everything in the 1920s. All the fun stuff and all the crazy stuff. It's not fair. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism began to plague. Finally! Some celebrations in many communities during this time. Halloween parties. By the 20s, by the 1920s and 1930s, Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as the featured entertainment. 
duh, because the 1920s was party central. Makes sense. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism began to plague some celebrations in many communities during this time. Finally, by the 1950s, town leaders had successfully limited vandalism and Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Due to the high numbers of young children during the 50s baby boom, Parties moved from town civic centers into the classroom or home where they could be more easily accommodated. Between 1920 and 1950, the centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived. Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for the entire community to share the Halloween celebration. In theory, families could also prevent tricks being played by providing the neighborhood children with small treats. <laughs> just bribing. <laughs> just bribing them not to beat you up. <laughs> Thus, a new American tradition was born, and it has continued to grow today. Um, today, Americans spend an estimated $6 billion annually on Halloween, making it the country's second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. No way! All Souls Day and Soul Cakes. I've never heard of this. The American Halloween tradition of trick-or-treating probably dates back to all to the early All Souls Day parades in England. During the festivities, poor citizens would beg for food and families would give them pastries called soul cakes in return for their promise to pray for the family's dead relatives. The distribution of soul cakes was encouraged by the church as a way to replace the ancient practice of leaving food and wine for roaming spirits. Um, hello, roaming spirit over here. Everybody can go ahead and leave their food and wine out for me. I'm still knocking on the door for the money, but leave the food and wine out. This practice was referred to as going a-souling. I am... Going a souling tonight, everybody. Who's coming with me? So this was eventually taken up by children who would visit the houses in the neighborhood and be given ale, food, and money. Why was I not given ale and money as a child? Mother. God, no fun anymore. The tradition of dressing in costume for Halloween has both European and Celtic roots. Hundreds of years ago, winter was an uncertain and frightening time. Food supplies often ran low, and for many people afraid of the dark, the shorter days of winter were full of constant worry. On Halloween, it was believed that ghosts came back to the earthly world. People thought that they would encounter ghosts if they left their homes. To avoid being recognized by the ghosts, people wear masks when they left their homes after dark so that the ghosts would mistake them for fellow spirits. On Halloween, to keep ghosts away from their houses, people would place bowls of food outside their homes to appease the ghosts and prevent them from attempting to enter. <laughs> amazing. Halloween has always been a day filled with mystery, magic, and superstition. It began as a Celtic end-of-summer festival during which people felt especially close to deceased relatives and friends. For these friendly spirits, 
They set places at the dinner table, left treats on doorsteps and along the side of the road, and lit candles to help loved ones find their way back to the spirit world. Oh! You know, my mom did that. I don't think she knew that's why she was doing it. But that was a tradition in, like, my neighborhood. All the way up the driveway, people would light the little candles. Interesting. Today's Halloween ghosts are often depicted as more fearsome. Our customs and superstitions are scarier, too. We avoid crossing paths with black cats, afraid that they might bring us bad luck. This idea has its roots in the Middle Ages, when many people believed that witches avoided detection by turning themselves into black cats. <gasps> I think I'm a witch. <laughs> we try not to walk under ladders for the same reasons. This superstition may have come from ancient Egyptians who believed that triangles were sacred. It also may have something to do with the fact that walking under a ladder tends to be fairly unsafe. And around Halloween, especially, we try to avoid breaking mirrors, stepping on cracks in the road, or spilling salt. Howdy. What you smoking? I'm smoking uh, Curvari Crema. It's uh, the Curvari Buenaventura Crema. Favorites? Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm smoking the Late Hour by Davidoff. Well, I'm a fan of uh, the whole Buenaventura line, anyways. But um, specifically, the Praline is probably one of my favorites. Um, and the Crema, obviously, is another for for kind of a slightly lighter, lighter smoke. But yeah, big fan. What are you drinking with it? Uh, currently, I'm drinking uh, Woodford Reserve. Ooh. Yeah. Yum. Yep. All right, so you have a ghost story to tell us. Tell us the ghost story. <clears throat> okay, so my ghost story is this. This was, <laughs> oh, Lord, it must have been 10, 1, 2. Okay, well, I'm not going to get <clears throat> too in-depth, but over 10 years ago, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was in the Army at the time, and I was at uh, Fort Benning going to a, a, a school there. They have a lot of uh, uh, army schools there, infantry school and ranger school and all these kind of, you know, uh, main army schools, right? So it's it's vast. You know, it, it's a huge, huge base. There's, there's lots of training that takes place there. Um, so they need lots of land. Land that's been there for, you know, it's been it's been populated for a long time um, before you know the, the military owned it you know people lived on this land so it's not that uncommon to come across you know things from way back in the day so we're out there <clears throat> we uh, we had I, I forget how many miles to get to you know our objective out there in the middle of the woods and you know you're running along and um, it's uh, it's a fun experience and all that, but you're, mm -hmm. you're still high on adrenaline. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're on edge a little bit because it's, it's, that's, I think that's the way that the training is designed. So, um, you're a little bit on edge. So in the middle of the woods there, there's kind of a clearing and we come across this, like, uh, it's like the 
the ruins of a um, not like a big house but like a small there, there was some sort of building there at some point you could see the chimney and stuff you know what i mean and like you know the, the base you know floor and, and there there was there was some parts of it still left and as we're going through like where this where this little clearing was we realized it wasn't just that but there was like a cemetery there and we were actually in the cemetery so you could see every now and then a, a gravestone or stew i mean I, I don't know if it was like a family thing or if it was like a maybe, maybe the building had been a church or something i don't know but it was definitively a cemetery that we were walking through so we're getting our was it just like a small cemetery? There's just like a few people? Um, there was probably, no, it wasn't, it was a small cemetery, I guess, but it wasn't just a few people. You could see, I don't know, there had to be at least 15 or 20 different gravestones. So that's what, that's what made me think. I don't know if it was like a family site or maybe a church thing. I, I don't know. Right. Um, maybe, maybe between 10 and 20, I, I would say. But it had been there for, I mean, who knows how long. It had, you, right. you could tell the chimney was all that was basically left of the, of the uh, structure itself. So been there for a long time. <clears throat> so we, we're, we stopped there for a minute and uh, catch our bearings and figure out, you know, where, our, where we need to go, plot our azimuth on the map and everything. We're doing, doing our shit right. And um, there's, there's four of us. It's me and my, my team that I'm with. And we're... Uh, we're figuring this stuff out. Now look back at one of the guys, and I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but one of the guys um, decides to uh, relieve himself. He's got to take a piss, so he, he goes over and he starts taking a piss. And, but the thing is, the dude is, uh, is relieving himself on a gravestone. So I'm, you know, this was this was my little my little thing, and for this particular thing, I was in charge of it, and I was like, "What the hell are you doing, man? Come on, stop! Don't, don't, are you crazy? Don't do that. That's just super, super disrespectful. Come on." So, you know, he didn't think anything of it. He didn't, you know, it's just spot to piss as far as he's concerned. So, you know, I chastise him or whatever, and I'm like, "Dude, that's not cool." So. We go on our, our merry little way. We find out uh, exactly how many more miles we got to go. And we're going up and we get within, oh, I don't know, um, about a mile out of our objective of where we're supposed to do this stuff. Maybe a little bit more than that. We decided to, you know, we were a little bit ahead of schedule. So we decided to, um, you know, catch some sleep, right? Um, we don't have to report back till zero nine. And this is like, shit, zero this is like four, four in the morning. So we got a little while um, and it's not going to take that long to go, you know, a mile or two um, of what we had left to go. So we decided to rack out for a little while. The way, the way you do it is you have, um, at least in a four man team, you're going to have, um, you split up, you know, in this particular case, 25%. So one guy will be awake while the other three guys catch a couple hours of sleep. Um, and you'll do like, you, you can split up however you want, but generally you'll do like an, an hour shift. So one guy will be awake for an hour while the other three people are, you know, sleeping because you're running on very, very little sleep, you know? And, um, so the first guy, you know, he's, he's doing it and he's awake and doing his thing and paying attention and the rest of us are trying to catch a little sleep. And the idea is, you know, the first guy will uh, keep watch until his hour's up, then he'll wake up the next guy, and then he'll keep watch till his hour's up, and then he'll wake up the next guy, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> I can't remember the exact time, but I wake up, and I realize that um, someone didn't wake me up. I woke up just on my own, right? 
And I look around at the guys and they're all asleep. Ooh. Yeah. Someone fell asleep on their shift basically and forgot to pick up the next guy. So who knows where we are, you know, in, in, in our shift cycle. I'm like, oh, well, shit. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm starting to like, you know, look around like, hey, who, who's fucking, who's supposed to be awake right now? Who's, you know, and I look up and you're in the middle of the woods, right? And I, and I see this mm -hmm. huge tree, massive branches everywhere, but one of the lower hanging branches, <clears throat> I shit you not, was this little girl sitting on the branch? No, seriously, dude. Like sitting on the branch, kick like like kicking her feet back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I swear to Poseidon, this and I don't believe in that kind of. I'm not a you know I'm not a supernatural type of you know believer and shit. I'm not. You're not superstitious. You're just a little stitious. I'm just a little stitious, <laughs> Scott. Right. Wait. So do you know? Do you know if? Did you look at the grave that he pissed on? That that guy pissed on? Was it like well, yeah. a well, child? Yeah. That's, well, that's that was the that was the creepy thing about it. Like I didn't think about it at the time, but the grave it was like a five year old uh, girl and said like something uh, I can't remember. Like they all died of who knows what, like like stupid shit back in those days because they didn't have you know uh, modern medicine and vaccines and all that shit, but. Yeah, it was like a five-year-old girl or six-years-old girl or some shit like that that just was there. I'm like, this this is the grave that he pissed on, and this is what I'm seeing out here in the middle of the woods, you know? Oh, my God! Yeah, so the, the pucker factor was pretty high at that point, and I'm waking up. These guys, wake up, wake up, wake up, you know, kicking and, you know, get the, you know. Uh, and, I, and I'm looking at her, and we... we I, so, so I raise my my rifle. We've got blanks, you know. This is a training environment. This is a training thing, right? Um, you yeah. don't have real bullets, so it's it's just a it's just a, a shell with a little bit of the, the powder in it, but no actual slug itself, no no bullet. And yeah. uh, so, just out of instinct, though, I'm raising my rifle and, and I'm looking at her through my little um, my little uh, close optics. It's like a it, it's not a scope, but it's a um, it's like a little red dot sight, I guess you could say. But I look at her, and as soon as I put on her, she, it's there. She's there, and then as soon as I, she's gone. Ooh, wait. So you saw her through the scope initially, and then she disappeared? No, no. I saw her oh. not through the scope initially, and as I raised oh. the scope, she wasn't in the scope. You know what I mean? It was oh just like but she was definitively there. Like as I'm raising it, 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 it was the creepiest, creepiest thing I've ever seen. That that was. Yeah, that was. I saw a ghost, and I don't even believe in ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> that is terrifying, especially being in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you're in the woods. Oh my god. <clears throat> yeah, miles away from from anything and anyone, really. It was. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it sounds terrifying. <laughs> it was. Pucker factor was high. <laughs> We got up and we just went ahead to our objective and finished our thing, you know. Did you tell the other guys about it? Oh, well, you know, they were there. You know, I was waking them up and they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? And, oh, you're seeing shit. You're crazy. You know, I'm like, okay. All right. Well. They didn't see it? You know, I guess all of them didn't. My, uh, a buddy of mine that I wouldn't end up um, being in a unit with later on, years, about two years after that, um said that he 
saw something, but he doesn't know if it was a person or not. He said he saw something where I was looking, and he doesn't know if it was like an actual. And I'm like, come on, and you had you had to see it. She was wearing like a little blue dress. She was wearing like a. It was. I mean, I saw this shit. You know, he he never really admitted that, but yeah. Well, that's what I said. So I mean, he never really admitted that he saw what I saw, but he said he saw something. He doesn't know what it was. I I suspect maybe he he's. Uh, hasn't come to terms with what he saw. Right. Doesn't want to admit it, you know. I don't know. You know, that reminds me one time I was at a friend's house and we were I was in high school, but yes, we were partying all night long. <laughs> we were partying <laughs> all night long and then of course myself I decide to disassociate from the group and I have to go on and do my own thing. And I went to like the corner of this room to go to sleep, like not a bed or a couch or anything. I just went in the corner on the floor to go to sleep. Right here, I'll take this corner. It was great. It was so comfy. But I fell asleep, but then I woke up at like five in the morning. And you know, like when you wake up and you see something and you just have to look at it for a minute to like make it out. Like, oh, it's probably just like a coat or something hanging up. I was like, oh, I saw something. And I was like, oh, that's just the dresser. That's right there. That's all it is. But then all of a sudden it took a step towards me. What? And I was like, what the fuck? And it looked like a ghost with headphones on. It just looked like a guy with headphones on. Not a ghost, a guy with headphones on. And he was- A guy in the, in the, I mean- No, he took two, I sat up terrified. He took two steps towards me. And then as I got up to like scream, he disappeared. So then I tell everybody about it the next morning and one of the girls, one of the girls, that's what reminded me of this. Um, Cause I like told my friends about it. One of the girls was like, holy fucking shit. She was like, did you not see me at that moment? She was like, I was not awake, but all of a sudden I woke up and I felt like someone was standing behind me and I pulled the covers over my head because I was terrified. What the fuck? I know. And I was like, are you serious? Because I thought I was just like going crazy. I, you know, it's like drinking and I'm like 16 <laughs> years old. So I'm like, I was probably just like hallucinating. She was like, no, absolutely not. I was so scared. Someone was standing behind me. So I put the covers over my head. <laughs> The hairs on my neck are, are, you know, standing up. I can feel it. Yeah. What else? You got any other ghost stories? Creepy. That's creepy. I don't know, man. I'm getting the heebie-jeebies, man. I don't know about telling any more ghost stories. Shit. You know, in my dad's house now, it's like my dad's house is from the 1800s. Right. He completely redid it. And me and my, I don't know if my brother and sister ever did, but my um god uh, ex step brother i don't even know how to explain it okay. but <laughs> he was my brother he was my brother at one point yeah. <laughs> it was a complicated family yes my ex step brother he would see stuff all the time and i have seen things with him as well like, like there used to be See, like you guys would see stuff together, or like what do you, what'd you see? 
Would you? We saw things together once. And then another time we saw things separately. And then we've all, including my dad, who also does not believe in ghosts, he has seen things as well. So in that house, we used to have this big what? painting. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so in the upstairs hallway, we used to have this big painting like above and we had our, the computer was out there. You know, this is the times when there was just one computer in the house. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so we had our computer out there, and behind the computer was this big painting, and you could see all the time shadows, shadows going by, just like reflection on the painting from behind you, just like shadows going by. And uh, one night, my little brother was so fucking terrified he came in and he was like freaking out he said he went down to the kitchen to get like a midnight snack and there was just someone in like white dress <clears throat> in the kitchen just standing there and then she left she so who who was who who was it what do you mean someone in a white dress yeah, he's like a ghost in a white dress. Like, he couldn't see her face or anything. It was just all he could see was a white dress and then just vanished. What the hell? <clears throat> yeah. And then, okay, so there's a closet in my hallway. Like, right when you walk in, there's a closet under the stairs. Okay. Something on the floorboard in that closet that looks like a door. We've never been able to open it, but it's obviously a door that you can open. There's, we, like, there's like bodies buried down there. And you know, there's something there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that closet opens by itself all the time. What? All the time. It opens all the time. What do you mean open by itself? You can hear it. You can hear the doorknob turning. It's not like it just pops open if there's wind. You hear the doorknob turning and then it pops open. Who the hell would voluntarily stay in that house? Oh my shit. <laughs> not ghosts. They're not mean. You they don't know that. You don't know that. I do know that. It's been like 10 years. <laughs> Maybe they're just biding their time. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that'd be nice. But so my dad's room is built on. Right. So he built on this room to the house. So he the thinks. Original. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks the ghosts are mad that he built it on because he uh, and his ex-wife, they would wake up multiple times during the night to their bed completely shaking. Shit. Their bed is just full on shaking just for like a few seconds, just for like 30 seconds. That's still a long time. Oh. Shaking and then it stops. And he said like he thought he saw like a figure at one point at the end of the bed that might've been shaking it. What? Now he's never seen anything, but the bed would shake all the time. Like they were so mad that he did a build on to the house. <laughs> That's 
I'd move. I'd move. I'd go somewhere else. <laughs> They're only mad at his room. They're not mad at the rest of us. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, y'all good. Y'all good. Y'all have desecrated the, 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 the family homestead. <laughs> and we've told my poor stepsister. We've told her these stories before, and she's so terrified. <laughs> Especially the room that she sleeps in. Like, we've never actually seen anything in there, but everyone, my brother, my ex-stepsister, ex-stepbrother, whatever, they've all, like, heard stuff or seen stuff in that room that she always stays in. Like, weird stuff. Yeah, she slept on the couch before because she was so terrified of that room. You don't have any other ghost stories? Well, I mean, I was thinking about that, but I don't know, man. I, I tell you, I'm getting a little, get a little weirded out, a little creeped out. There's just some, someone's shaking the bed, man. That's where I draw the line, you know, waking up to someone. <laughs> that's, that's creepy, man. I, I can't, I can't, I don't even believe in this stuff, but you know, it still kind of creeps you out, you know? Right. I'll never forget when I was really little, like me and my brother were probably like eight, nine years old when my dad bought that house. And it was still super creepy at that point. He hasn't redone it yet. Mm. So me and my brother would sleep in the bed with my dad because we were so fucking terrified. <laughs> way too scared to sleep alone. And one night I heard like a loud thud. And I woke up and I was so freaked out. I can't remember if my brother woke up or not, but I had to like wake my dad up because I was so scared. I just heard like a loud thud. But he was like, it's fine. Nothing's happening. Go back to sleep. But also I might have been dreaming because I had accidentally <laughs> as an eight year old accidentally watched Chucky. Oh. The night before. Yeah, it was an accident. Accident. Yeah, so I might have been like dreaming something and something fell off the bed. I don't know, but it sounded like a really loud thud. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> There's like a creepy old basement in my house too. Like not like something you can access from the inside. You have to go outside. <laughs> like a cellar or like a like a yeah. And my dad has had me like he's had to like pull wires down. Right. From the floor, so he has me climb. I'm the only one that can fit, so he had me like climb. <laughs> I found near the house and pulled the wires down. <laughs> so I've been in there a million times. Like it doesn't, it bothered me, but for some reason after that, like I was so scared of it. And me and all my best friends, she lived next door to me. <laughs> we would try be really brave and go into the cellar like by ourselves <laughs> just like go down and open the door I was so scared and at the time I was in like a Christian elementary school and they made us memorize bible verses right. so me and Joelle would link arms and we would recite the bible verse <laughs> gotta ward, ward off the evil spirits man. Yeah. <laughs> and then run down the stairs and then open it and then close it right back and run back. <laughs> what we thought was going to happen, but we were terrified. <laughs> you didn't know. It's the fear of the unknown. You know? 
That's so stupid. Yeah, we recited our Bible verses before we did it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like every time we got a new Bible verse assignment, we'd be like, okay, we're going to use this one to go into the cellar. <laughs> this is a good one right here. This is... This is the one that'll help us get into the cellar. This is the one, yeah. Magic words. <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right. Well, thanks for telling your story, man. You're very welcome. Thank you for sharing yours. Thank you for listening, everyone, and especially thank you to Robert California for the creepy ghost story. I hope you're all terrified, and remember, if you are scared, piss your pants, not on gravestones. Gentlemen, I hope you eat a ring found in your mashed potatoes tonight. And ladies, I hope your walnuts explode in the fire. I will talk to you soon.